Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is fan favorite, two-time guest, John Smith. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Drew. That was so manic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, out of breath. For fan favorite, are there Nielsen ratings for all the, like, who who stacks up as most listened to? I, I don't want to. Some people, I understand some people promote socially, and I might not have a quote unquote social following, but I wouldn't say that recorded? I quote unquote have a social <laughs> following either. Though I guess I'll do this at the top instead of waiting till the end. Um, so people actually listen to it instead of skipping through the end credits. Um, Crisis Twink is now on Twitter and Instagram officially as individual accounts for once in my fucking life. You can find the podcast at Crisis Twink Pod on Insta and Twitter. And John I has followed. Just clicked follow right now. Oh, he did. <laughs> Look at that. That wasn't I wasn't trying to like bait you in uh, no, 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 this no. This isn't like I, bait bus, but for for uh, I I would be fine with that. Low size sure. insta follows. <laughs> um we're doing well though. I I have to just be honest up top. I am not cooking with gas today. <laughs> Like, that's which is like, okay that's technically the better option i don't girl. think oh yeah no i you just saw my stove i gave you the zoom up toward my apartment i have electric baby no gas, leaks gas for me. cooking with gas was a term actually coined by lobbyists for the gas industry to make people want to have gas ovens is that Too subliminal bad. messaging no it's just uh just very liminal messaging saying they they coined the term it was a big marketing push and people think gas is more efficient because of it i mean i know you can have a because electric- when you're like oh i'm cooking with gas yeah and things are going really well for you it's all thanks mm-hmm. to the gas yeah it's all thanks to the to big gas big ga- <laughs> <laughs> i would i like i could use some big gas like i just have to be upfront and say that i have had like three mid or three final exams in a row and I have no brain energy today and I'm glad that we're talking about not to spoil the topics but we're chewing into something really deep today so the the insights either are going to be completely insane or no I also think that some of the finals you've taken and I'm sure we'll address it later on lend themselves perfectly to this topic I'm not sure how well I can apply concepts learned in coursework <laughs> to anything on this podcast. Like, I'd like to consider what we do here at Crisis Twink some sort of academic pursuit, but not necessarily in the way that, you know, mathematic mathematicians and theorists would necessarily like you're, engage critically with. You're cultural cartographer, Drew. How about that? Ooh. <laughs> okay, I kind of like that. I, I would like to, I, I don't, I would like to live on whatever map that is, like, that I'm drawing for myself. I will say, like, if you just looked, I had an influx of new Twitter followers the other day, not to brag. And like a German bot or something. Okay. They're theater kids, basically. <laughs> this is what, oh, so this okay. is what happened. 
I was live tweeting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as I often some, some do. great tweets. I will just plug some great tweets. Thank you. I appreciate yes. that. I'm not sure if that's necessarily true. And no one watches this parade anymore. So it's like I'm literally no. just like shouting into the ether. However, it's, it's one of my favorite things. And it cheered me up when I saw those tweets. Anyway. Thank you. I I did tweet something very innocuous though, like um they do those like Broadway performances at the beginning of the parade every year. And I was like, yes. oh, no one told me six was this good. Like the musical six about the yeah. Merry Wives of Windsor or whatever. And then um, Umfi of the Pod, Gus Goldsack retweeted some joke about like New Zealand with like a New Zealand accent. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was very so it was funny. Like and he, you should go New follow him. Wasn't it something like New Zealanders losing the virginity or something? Yes, that's what yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I'm laughing all over again. Um, it was very funny, but I um that got like almost 200,000 read or likes at the end oh of the day. God. And I got a mere 1,000 residuals, but I didn't get any New Zealanders. I got a bunch of musical theater stands. So like, like there are a lot yeah. of like Elon BA BFA people right now. Gotcha. Up in my my feed. That's huge. This is this is gonna this is how you grow your base. This is <laughs> if these are your people, Drew. If I ever wanted to tour the uh, Raleigh Greensboro area, I now have the, the have, research triangle is begging for crisis. <laughs> I can do a basement show. Um, why do we start talking about this? Great question. Uh, oh God. Oh, following your account following crisis. oh yeah yeah do social it social following <laughs> N- nielsen ratings there's the path i know there's a thread this is we're doing this is like a post modern loosely structured episode of the podcast where the the listeners are going to have to put together well they're also live like polling on what we can talk about right now i'm getting updates on my phone people are people are telling us right now it's crazy this is a listener episode central okay episode. when i tell you i do actually have the capacity on this podcast to take live listener questions and just have not because it scares me like it's, it's like there, whatever the platform i use to record this we're really getting into the weeds today is has that like capability actually i yeah. just i'm so scared you could do it. It's when we did a, when I had a college radio show, we would do that. I mean, we literally just had a phone people would call into. It usually was more missed than hit because it's either just your friends yeah. calling to make fun of you or uh, literally someone in Germany who listens to a college radio, an online only college radio station. So it was a little tough. I got a, my college radio station also had the same, um, general setup and my like third or fourth show of my fall freshman year someone called in and said you sound like a girl and your music sucks (laughs) which is like no that's for an 18 year old that's confidence (laughs) no of course i mean it's great that your parents were listening to your show but not necessarily my grand well no that i you can screen the calls like i didn't like play the call live thankfully but like because it was like a request tip line but no it it didn't air thankfully this is just my secret shame what was your guesstimate of that person's age like 55 <laughs> like whoever's listening that's, to like essentially public radio yeah that's more that's more on them old enough to know better 
I also would say that like the timber of is is not a particularly feminine. No, maybe uh, no. Well, I just responded. <laughs> well, no. that, that was an accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I would not. I would not necessarily say that either. Maybe like a little nasal, but I would not say like. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Shout out to the fem twinks out there. Absolutely. Um, or the I, congested ones. Or the congested ones. I have a deviated septum, so that's my excuse. But um, okay, we we do have to go to our first segment here. Okay. So you know the rules, but for anyone who is a newcomer, we're going to go play Go Call the Governor. So John, I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Makes sense. Um, perfect. Okay, let's One play. of my favorite games. It's a great game, and we got a doozy of a lineup today. Um, nonsensical lineup, but a doozy nonetheless. Um, first scenario, Adam Levine got a rose-shaped face tattoo. Does the governor need to be called? Absolutely. Uh, is he still on The Voice? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, no. He's not on, he's not on The Voice anymore. Well, that's but why. he's, like, is there... out about. I feel like he's trying to become an edgier show host now with this like is he trying to do a fear factor host what's what's he going for i i don't know like i think what it really is is that he's seeing machine gun kelly and pete davidson have like a huge moment right now as like skinny pallid white boys with like bomb hot girlfriends and he's like i can do that even though he's been married for like five years in that picture, isn't he holding like a bottle of rosé or something? He's holding like, a suspiciously dark pink bottle of rosé. Like you just know, it's like sugar water. Yeah, it, the the vibe's not there. I don't think, I mean, a face tattoo is not for him. No. It's, it's for very few people. Very few people. Nothing's worse than having it and not pulling it off or even halfway pulling it off. It's just so big too. Like it's, I mean, it literally goes from like the top of the sideburn down. Who is? It's almost more into the cheek. I feel than other face tattoos I've seen. Yeah, usually kind of stay closer to the edge of like the hairline, and I feel like this is like jutting into cheekbone territory. Yeah, like I feel like the two commonly acceptable. I mean, acceptable. Use that loosely, 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 but like. (laughs) Either you go really far back vertical near the ear. Yeah. Or you do like under the eye. Like Post Malone has yeah. like the like curse of tattoos under his eyes, which like I used to hate, but now find like it would look, he would look weird without him. No, he just would look like anyone else. It's anyone the only else. real thing that's distinctive. Yeah. Although it's very interesting to see that you, I guess, don't think that face tattoos are acceptable or any sort of tattoos are acceptable. I just think they have the potential to go so wrong. Like the other day, do you know the R&B singer Summer Walker? Maybe, but keep going. Well, she <laughs> she is notoriously always embroiled with like men trouble, always. And I, I, sound, like, I sound like some like 20s like, like <laughs> disapproving gentleman like oh she's got man trouble um no but like she always is like in something with some dude 
and she has a new boyfriend and he got her name fat tattooed on his face never summer. go with names never go with names well he summer you can change to something else she got That's his fall. name which is larry <laughs> <laughs> her face. and larry you can't really explain away yeah i'm trying to think what that cover-up would look like hilarious you could maybe do <laughs> like <know>. h-i larry <laughs> larry yes yes absolutely <laughs> that is funny um it's not good like i mean the rose i feel like is a little bit more i mean it's I mean, bad it's, it's, very, it's, it's like, like post malone stuff it's like kind of nonsensical stuff that you can get away with it i feel like words on the face are a lot a lot worse than, yeah or more difficult i should say than just like kind of random objects a rose a dagger or whatever word tattoos can be i think actually sort of the baseline level of good because like you know you have personal meaning like they're usually very rarely i feel like are they gonna bite you in the butt long term yeah but putting it on your face increases the risk level so much it's also just like what what what's his his, his brand is very it's not an edgy brand. I'm no. sorry. Like I I think the edgiest was his Super Bowl performance where it's like, "Oh, you took your shirt off and you have tattoos. Who would have thought about that?" Yeah, from? and then everyone made fun of him cuz he looked like a Chipotle bag. So like <laughs> it just I don't under like for at least for like Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly. You have the edgy aesthetics married to like Makes an sense. edgy Pete Davidson is like not even He's just like a fuckboy comedian and like MGK yeah, is like I, I mean, pop punk, not even, whatever. I feel like edgy. That exactly. That makes sense. Adam he's Levine is singing his, like his she hardest. will be loved. Adam, yeah. And like he's completely established in Hollywood. He's pretty, a pretty safe brand musically. Yeah. You know, he's married. Yeah. W- w- what are you going for? I it's don't a, I, I. It seems like jealousy. <laughs> Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be, jealousy is a bad diagnosis, I think usually, but in this case, I think it does make sense. I think he thinks he needs to have that to be in the cultural conversation. And it's, I, and this isn't even, this isn't as much of an age thing, although I guess it kind of is. I think it's worse when you're seeing just like what the youths are doing, so to speak, and then you just copy it to be like, hey guys, I'm here too. That, that makes it come off even worse. It's thirsty sweaty behavior yeah and like at his big age too he's like i think 42 or 43 now like you are too damn old to be getting if you're selling like multi-million dollar homes and flipping property in la you're not allowed to get a face tattoo exactly i fully agree yeah um for one million dollars what was the name of maroon five's last album oh uh couldn't tell you (laughs) it was called red pill blues all right, we're going to move on <laughs> to um, another album title, actually. I don't know why I picked this scenario, but we're going kind of old school today. Um, the 2009 Dave Matthews Band album, Big Whiskey and the Grugrux King. Does the governor need to be called? Absolutely not. And I had the CD in my car. I think oh it's, my sti- it's, it's still in my car because I have, I think, yeah, it's like one of the there's no walks there's no bluetooth it's just a cd player as my media uh yeah it's still in there i listened to that driving to high school um is it the best dave matthews no is it the best music no but uh yeah it served a purpose in my life 
That is so crazy. I, okay. So I have only heard one Dave Matthews band song, I think in my life, which is that crash into me. Yes. Is that, am I even saying it right? Like, which I infamously, someone I was on a date with once tried to give me, I don't know no. if I can actually, maybe I shouldn't share this story, but anyway, let's just say some guy like tried to get a little handsy with me in the front seat of a Honda Element um, after Dave a Matthews. date at the Thirsty Crow set to crash into me. It was not the vibe. Oh, okay. Um, much love to him and his career as a Hollywood <laughs> executive. Um, but no, I don't. What is the Grugrux King? Because I, I hear this title and I think, oh, it's like a concept album about Candyland. I well, it's funny you say that because one of the main do you remember, I forget the name of it, but the the like almost Guitar Hero game on your iPhone back mm-hmm. in the day that you would tap? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Funny the Way It Is, one of the bigger songs from that album, uh, was one of the songs included in that because yeah. I remember playing it in the backseat. Uh, honestly, couldn't, couldn't tell you the themes at that point. I was just throwing a CD on and playing it, but there's, there's some good, there's some good songs. I mean, it's very Dave. If you've like for Dave Matthews was the thing in high school, they would play uh, every summer at the Susquehanna Bank Center, which is like outside Philadelphia, just across the river on the Jersey side. Mm -hmm. And it's like classic uh, lawn seating, things like that. And was truly just like a bunch of high school kids and like getting drunk, getting security called on them, uh, getting high, then like a mixture of probably just stonery adults now thinking back to it and I mean it's a Dave Matthews show it was not getting the best but they would they would come every year that's Uh, why just like because it was a thing I guess there was just a a big a big base in Pennsylvania and Jersey um that well that tracks to me knowing what I know about Jersey and Philly like it does track that they're I feel like it was always in Pennsylvania I remember they would do tours up in Hershey Pennsylvania I mean this is this is for all the the PA heads out there, but yeah, it would be Hershey, Pennsylvania, technically Jersey, but basically Philadelphia. It's big. Stops. I mean, it's jam band country out there. Like I remember. I mean, like, Jersey when, Shore, you're gonna get Dave Matthews. Oh like, yeah, all, all over the place. I I don't. I mean, I don't know why I even asked about this scenario because I can't really talk about it. But I feel. And I didn't even know you could talk about it, but like I knew instinctively that like you would have things to say here. But like, are you big into this like jam band culture in general, or is this just like a one-off? I this is Dave is probably the only one there. Also, I I mean I'm looking it up right now, and I feel like I should have known this. Um, yeah, there his main saxophone has passed away, and I'm pretty sure this album was in honor of him. Oh, it's a tribute album. Yeah, Grugrex King was the band nickname. Uh, okay, well now that I have more questions there too. Like, why did they call him the Grugrex King? Because that's, uh, that doesn't intuitively read to me. It's, let's see, other band members came up with the name, I think. It's their word, quote, it's their word for something that was happening, something that was cool, something that was amazing. It was sort of like a spirit or a musical thing. Quote, that's the Groove Rux, and Roy was the king. So. Wait. <laughs> okay, well, now I want to I do that. Like, I want to walk into, like, 
a Louis Vuitton store and <laughs> just look around and be like, oh, that's the Gru Grux. Like, bring that back into the, yeah. the lexicon. Yeah. And, so but who's, is Big Whiskey the saxophonist? That's, you know, that's a great. Okay. It was, see, I, we're learning a lot of things today about subcultures. I mean, I don't. This, but the saxophonist. I mean, his big thing was obviously ants marching, the like classic Dave song. I feel. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, I, I knew that I know old that music song video. Too. If you've seen that, was actually one of the few music videos I saw back in like high school era. I was not a big music video person. I think I mentioned that on the last time. Yeah, but you, I did. I really have only been exposed to Dave Matthews as an actor, crazily enough. Um, in, in what way? Because he did some movies. Like he he was in Because of Win Dixie with Wait, Dame really? Anna Sophia Robb. Yeah. He was playing Win Dixie. He did the mocap. For he Winn-Dixie. played, he plays Otis, a man who works at a pet store. He was also in like <laughs> Where the Red Fern Grows. Like he like cornered the market on these like YA. Like, yeah. Maybe that's why it was all high school kids going. He was in the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston comedy, Just Go With It. In cool. which he plays Nicole Kidman's husband. He's kind of an interesting guy. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure um, he, he ended up, I think, adopting his niece and nephew. Um, this could be completely, completely wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, so I'm on his personal life statement right now i'm not seeing anything about um the nephews the nieces and nephews but i do need (laughs) to read you this insane phrasing about his kids dave matthews married longtime girlfriend jennifer ashley harper in 2000 they have twin daughters born from dave's pouch stella (laughs) vecina and grace ann who are now 20 years old Born from Dave's pouch? What is he like a damn koala? Like what? <laughs> what is that? What is that? What could that possibly mean? Is that like Dave Floor? I look, I, I think there's a whole lore side to the Dave Matthews band. I mean, I feel oh, like he did the- he did adopt the nephews. See? Yeah. Because his sister got murdered. Yes. Oh, well, murder in, suicide. In, in South Africa. I think, yeah. He's South African. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so look at that. Look at me knowing culture. Damn, Dave culture. Yeah, big I, Dave. I, I think Dave Matthews is good. I'm not a big jam band outside of that person. Like, I don't know. Dead and Company is the big one that comes to mind for me. No, not, not about it. I like John Mayer, but like, I mean, separately. I've said on this separately. Yeah, I've said it millions of times on this pod already. But like, I need my songs to have a little bit more of a structure. Um, yeah. The noodliest I ever get, well, I've gotten in recent years at least, is Father of the Bride, the Vampire Weekend sure. album, which yeah, is I like, I would say that's the most. And it's similar. not like too jammy, but it's like, it's jammy certainly not enough. structured. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not like, on that. Okay, we're going to do the last scenario Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Does the governor need to be called? Um, so as someone who stopped playing that 
after I literally beat the Elite Four in that over Thanksgiving break and then just have not picked it up since. Mm. Uh, which I, I probably will, but it was it was fine. I think the newer generations like XP share and things like that are a little overpowered. Um, I thought they did a great job with the new underground. Yeah. But you could also just like immediately catch overpowered little fellas and pretty much I found it too easy. And I know people are saying that, oh, if you replay this, it's some of the hardest in the meta. And I'm like, I, I don't care about that. Um, I'm going to play it once. Maybe I'll mess around and try to get heat ran at some point. But it's, yeah. it was fine. It, it also, like, I don't know. It, when it's a complete remake like that, I think inevitably it's not going to hold up to the first time you played it. Um, and they also didn't do too much with the, like, DS, I know they're not DS, the Switch, but I know they're planning on the newest Pokemon that's coming out to have like completely different gameplay mechanics and yeah. it's almost like a like a traditional console video game, I feel like in the sense that you move around. But yeah, I mean it's it's I think fully open world, the new one, which I don't I think it's called Pokemon Legends something yeah, like that I think that's it. which is basically I mean it's like another remake of Diamond and Pearl because it's the similar it's a similar like I think it's the same region or whatever but they're just changing the Pokedex and stuff and like new forms and stuff yeah but I don't understand yeah what did you think so I'm not done with it yet I I haven't been able to play in like big chunks as much as I would have wanted to like so I'm just at the eighth gym now over like two weeks of gameplay. I'm enjoying it. I have a lot of fondness for this or the like gen generation four yeah. because it was the game I played the most growing up, like of the Pokemon games. Like I logged oh, interesting. so much time. Yeah. Because the first gen I ever played was like um, it was Sapphire and Emerald. That's the first games. you ever played. It was they were the first ones. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I I don't know why I was late to it, but um, I remember. I was and then the second, kid. yeah, I know. I like I I like, was I collecting Pokemon. the cards, but not yeah, the... same. But like weirdly, my dad took a tooth out on me. Not that that's his job. Not uh, weirdly, he just did that. Uh, and like my reward for being a good kid and not crying during it or whatever was going to Walmart to get Pokemon Yellow. And that was like, I basically played every generation up until Diamond and Pearl. I think that was the last uh, actual game I played all the way through. Cause like I was completely unaware about all the new things from generations after that. Yeah. I I just revisited those first few games with the remakes, I guess. Like that, okay. and I've, I, there has never been a remake for these games I didn't buy. So, like, I was always going to get this. I do agree that it's like, it's a little hokey pokey. And like, the underground's really cool, but like, you can get pretty overpowered very quickly. I don't like yeah. this Pokedex that much. I've never been someone to go and be like, okay, I want to catch all of them. I'm like actively throwing repels. And if, if it's not something I want already, and I guess that's the issue with replaying a game because I know like what I don't care about and what I want. I've never been somebody who's like, okay, I got to go and collect all of them, even though yeah. that is 
one of the core tenets of the game. And if you're not like, this game doesn't place too much of an emphasis on like catching them all or whatever. Like I played, I think you did too. Like let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. I didn't play any of those. You didn't, okay. They did not speak to me. Some definitely some of our other friends on that game is just about catching Pokemon though, basically, which yeah, and I think not... I mean I didn't do Pokemon Snap, which I know some people mm-hmm. liked. I didn't do um, that either. Yeah, which is fine, but yeah, it was it was it was nice. It was it came at the perfect time for like holiday break, like flying, yeah. being home for a bit, having a lot of free time. But I, that's kind of how I am with just Switch in general. I think like. I go through like little two week bursts where I played a lot and then I don't touch it for months. Yeah, that's the only time I've been able to play Switch for a prolonged period of time was Animal Crossing right at the beginning of pandemic. Yep. And that was mostly just because there was nothing. of the weird parasocial attack. There was nothing to do. Yeah. And like that game really like visit. makes you form a weird parasocial relationship with these like little animals that live in your phone. Like, so they don't get mad at you. And now I haven't picked it up since August and I'm going to come back to like Withered bones crops. on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. Well, that's why I got a switch. I got it like the week COVID started getting serious. It just was like, all right, there's going to be a run on stuff like this. So I ordered it. It was great. And then it, I mean, it was smart. In, in the beginning, it was helpful. But yeah, my, my Animal Crossing game is complete. dusty, <laughs> dusty, dusty. But All right, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. John, what are you rushing to the ER today? Uh, I would say that the biggest emergency, and it's it's more more of a general feeling, is the holidays, Drew. The holidays Mm -hmm. are coming up. I didn't know, I don't know if you realized that. We just uh, finished Hanukkah? We are approaching Christmas yep. in all of its glory, but you know, there's some problems out there, Drew. There's people are worried about getting their presents on time. People are worried about not having enough Santas to take photos with. Oh. And you know, a lot of this falls into the hands of the Biden administration, unfortunately. <laughs> and <Right>. well, you <laughs> it was going been, so well. <laughs> you've been a big proponent of, you know anti Joe Biden. I know it. You your private conversation. I don't want I don't I don't I don't want to hear you. this. <laughs> I I support I support America. I just want things to do I want things to be better. No. So I I cannot get into this. I just it, this it is also- a this is a crushingly stre- <laughs> no nothing else. This is a crushingly stressful holiday season. Like there's something about it this year that feels so like off kilter. I agree with that. It feels very like scattered, almost mm-hmm. rushed in a way. Uh, I have nothing to back that up with besides my own feelings. I felt Thanksgiving was a little off too. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was about either. But uh, no, I think I think the holidays are ripe, especially this year, for all sorts of cultural emergencies. Um, I do have one claim I would like to make. And I would like every listener to really take it to heart, maybe even do some research outside of it. But I would like to state that Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson is probably one of the best songs written and recorded in the last mm, 
five decades. In any genre. Any genre. Okay. I can, I mean, as far as Christmas songs go, I will agree with that. I'm talking about all music, Drew, not just Christmas songs. I'm talking about on maybe a, a balmy May evening maybe you're having hosting a pregame and you know what would go great underneath the tree by kelly clarkson i don't know i don't know i i okay so i have to come out and say that i'm a little bit of a grinch i am not a huge holidays person just the like winter see fall winter seasonal holidays or no i love halloween and thanksgiving are my two favorite holidays but like christmas is, always, has never been my favorite. You always Dualness? do a, No, you always do a big like oh. blow up Veterans Day party. Everyone always talks okay, about Drew's well, famous Veterans Day party. <laughs> look, now I sound like an asshole because I can't say that I I support the troops. I support the troops, but I'm not throwing them a party. I love what they've done with their country, but I'm not going to get like an Edmonds coffee cake for them. So. Okay, I that, and you know we what? can. That's, you were that's, ba- this is that, what is this Z way like? <laughs> that that's your that's your right. I Two mean, white Z ways. I'm not into that. I'm not, I, I don't <laughs> I don't appreciate this tone oh. and tune. You're you're right. In. You're right. No, that's that's your right, and it's the right they fought for. So yeah. <sighs> this anyway, is a, under uh, underneath this... the tree, underneath <laughs> the tree, you could play at your Veterans Day party. You could it could. Do, it, it could go anywhere. It is like I think it's like a little um yeah on it's a little like less fun than some other Christmas songs that I like but for whatever reason like what is your favorite as a Grinch what is your favorite or your go-to Christmas song so and, my, and by who because okay well I comments. have that locked and loaded so okay. my um I really prefer like classic standards for Christmas songs so in like done like in like the 40s and 50s because I am like an old man. Um, my favorite Christmas song slash winter song is Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow as recorded by Ella Fitzgerald. I think okay. it's perfect, well sung, like just the right amount of kind of like celebratory and fizzy and wintry, but it's not like, I don't like it when it's like so like schmoopy and like, Yes, it's a very neutral yeah. holiday song. Yeah, it's exactly. Like a, it's a winter song. And there are, like, I do like a lot of like slower Christmas songs that are like a little um, ballady too, like um, Chestnuts like a, Roasting Over an Open Fire. Susan Boyle's Christmas album, is that in your car? No. See, I like, <laughs> I am like, Mrs. Maisel because I really don't enjoy music Christmas music that was recorded before like or recorded after like 1965 like it really is so bad we grew up listening to and this is some east coast culture right now um the William Sonoma annual holiday CD that they sent out with their catalogs and every the best one had like Tony Bennett singing um, my favorite things from Sound of Music, which is not a Christmas song, but still it's in included it. in it's included in all of the like Christmas covers that people do. Yeah, I, di- I disagree with it. Watching the Macy's it. Parade, like half of the commercials had that song too as a cue, and I'm like, this is interesting because like that song takes place during a summer rainstorm in the musical Sound of Music. I don't know how it just it's about presence, I guess. Like, it's the it's the cutest like marketing song for people. Yeah. It's literally 
it's the old navy it's christmas rupaul for i would say mainstream <laughs> you are bringing like a cursed energy into this podcast today like i i do i i think the rupaul is a good gateway into why i think so much of modern christmas music is so gimmicky and bad like stuff i don't need a bunch of like synthesizers bleep bloops and like over singing and like you know, I don't need like a hyper pop version of like Carol of the Bells. That's that's fair. I, I think some of the covers I like are more just I was big into it in college where I made a little Christmas playlist, which was like, here are the bands I like. And here's them doing like one Christmas song cover. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be real cool. So it was like the Shins, Jimmy World doing Christmas covers, which aren't bad, no. but they're they're not like hyper in your face, like pop super saturated it's just kind of like mellow christmas music which i was fine with but yeah. it's not i've routinely forget about it and just recently was like oh i did make this playlist um yeah i i'm more that's why underneath the tree is a surprise because it it really as far as new christmas music goes really kind of hits all the buttons it's in it's a new standard too like it's not a cover of anything it's not it's not like some revamped weird classic turned into like mishmash. Like half of like Justin Bieber's Christmas output is just like in sync versions of. Oh, it's like, like now, now that's Santa. what I call Christmas. Uh, yeah. 87. Yeah, exactly. Like this, it's, it's like a well-written song in its own right. That is that just so happens to be about Christmas. That's hard to do. Like, I feel like besides Underneath the Tree, the only one from the past like 30 years I can think of is All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. That's famously, those are the only Christmas songs. That- the only, well, I mean, if you walked outside, you'd think that All I Want for Christmas is You is the only Christmas song. It's back in the top 10 this week too for- Oh, I'm, I'm surprised it hadn't, it hadn't been since like Thanksgiving. I, I think this was the first full week of tracking technically. So like not to get into like chart stuff here, but it's no, let's like, get into it. it's going to be the third year in a row that it peaks at number one, which is like crazy. I read today that she makes a million dollars in just royalties off of it every December. Wow. Isn't that I crazy? Mean, I would argue realistically, she should be making more off of that. Oh, she does the December. rest of the year too, I'm sure. But just in December, yeah. every year she makes a million dollars. That's crazy. I mean, part of that's part of that's yes, the song. Part of it's the vocals. That's my thing. I recently, uh, the other day, said Kelly Clarkson is underrated and was promptly reminded that she has a national platform and talk show. So maybe she's not underrated. He's like New Allen. Yeah, but but dare I say, a bit more multifaceted and talented. Well, yeah, you don't hear Ellen singing Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. <laughs> like, no, I, Kelly Clarkson is like one of America's greatest talents. And I don't remember who said this, but a few years ago, some like cultural commentator said that the only two people who can unite both the right and the left in America are Kelly Clarkson and Dolly Parton. And I don't think I, Dolly's, and I think Dolly has alienated the right. At I this was point. just going to say. So I, I think, think Kelly is the keep, only one. I don't think you can keep Dolly on that list, uh, which is sad. But I don't know, though. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think people, 
people were probably okay with Dolly. I'm trying to think of the more right side of my family who liked Dolly, but I feel like in the grand, because she got linked to the vaccine with her, with her yeah. donation or whatever, that's probably why she's out for the majority. The the, real, yeah, that's literally real, what it is. The real majority. Because she's been like, she's to. been pro BLM and pro gay rights like for decades now, Dolly has. Yeah. And like people just like look the other way because like she's Dolly Parton, she makes great music and she's like queen of Nashville. And then the vaccine stuff, it just, that was it, <laughs> which is crazy, but that's just where we are. Yeah, no, I. That's just where we are. And she did recently the, the softest launch of her husband on her social media. 50. <laughs> I love it. She posted another picture with him since then. Oh, both of these photos are from like the 70s and 80s too. Like yeah. They're not even recent photos, but I love that for He's been for in her. like the documentaries. It's not like he was a secret. No, she, she just, just hasn't recently... like claimed him. Yes. <laughs> It's fun. I like, I honestly live for that. Like that's, that's beautiful energy. Um, she makes good Christmas music though, too. Like hard candy Christmas by Dolly is one of my other few exceptions to like. Your music, um, your grinchiness. Yeah. Or, well, no, cause like there is a lot of Christmas music I like, but like new stuff really has to be like really good and by new I mean anything after 1965 has to be really <laughs> good to like get me in and like hard candy Christmas is great I think country music Christmas stuff is pretty good in general like the Casey that's album one, is really good that's one of my rare for me like country is palatable when it's more Christmassy because yeah. just the ballad lends itself to that better well and like it doesn't, it sounds like old school country when you do like a Christmas song like that. It doesn't sound like yeah. baby you a song, you make me wanna throw my <laughs> jingle bells and cruise. No, it's like it's nice, it's like steel guitar, it's like wistful. Like the She yeah. and Him Christmas album is like a also kind of country adjacent, and that's like nice. Yeah. No, we I like Zoe I, Deschanel I, I, on this podcast. Yeah. Of we don't we like do. her fiance or maybe uh, they're not fian- off fiance but aren't they married boy- no they're if they were fully married like it'd, I'd be, be, a, it'd be a thing it'd be um, a thing you'd never watch elf again well i don't watch okay so this is another thing i hate <laughs> elf and people elf is the the ted lasso of christmas music don't christmas you movies, start <laughs> it's not well, i'm just saying people wait are you pro ted or anti ted because i haven't seen it so i can't remember if you were like being a grinch oh i ted. i think ted lasso came out at the right time during covid it uh is a very positive show that potentially doesn't understand if it is a comedy is it a drama is it neither because it's certainly not both um but i i did not watch the second season although i heard the rails kind of fell off a little bit even amongst the hardcore fans um uh-huh. but i think it came out at a really good time where people wanted some People Extra were trapped inside and had to. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would also say that it does not realistically depict uh, the soccer scenes. Anyway, not here, neither here nor there. But my point is that some people love Elf. Like my aunt watches it. Uh, she watched it the day before Thanksgiving. Like just that's their Christmas movie, and some people really want nothing to do with it, like yourself. It, is it the Will Ferrell of it all for you? No, I don't know. It's like, 
it's kitty humor. Like, I don't look, I, I, it's not the kind of like kitty humor I enjoy. Like I like, like a Looney Tunes, SpongeBob, like sort of like absurdity, sure. cartoony kind of thing. Like this like loud antic wackiness is like really not my thing. It's, it, I, th- I find it pandery. That's, that's fair. I love I mean, Will Ferrell though. It was a great cast. Zoe's great. Mary Steenberg is really funny in that. Peter Dinklage. Bob, I mean, they're all like Bob funny. Bob Newhart, Amy Sedaris. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a well done, well cast movie. I've just seen it a million times at this like, point. And I just like, I think I the issue know. is there's not really like a classic modern Christmas movie. No. You know, and this was this have. was trying to fill the void. And that's part of the reason why it also gets so much play. Not necessarily that like it's amazing, but it's just like, hey, we've decided this is our classic. But I, th- I don't know. Um, like, what can you do these days to make like an exciting Christmas movie? Because like all of it's either like, the, you know, it's like the same Santa shit that we've been talking about for years it's Christmas rom-coms it, but with but with new demographics yeah like or it's like a very Hawkeye Christmas because you have to like <laughs> jam in some IP somehow like you you joke but I saw a tweet that was like who's excited and it was a it was a calendar of like all the Marvel titles and I think there is an upcoming like a very Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas next year like, who <laughs> asked for that like who asked for that like why do you want like uh, okay so you're making a whole movie so group can put on like christmas lights oh do yeah. they so even have christmas that. in space like or well, don't answer we that don't, we don't know anything about their cultures we did i mean there is like that star wars christmas special yeah that's people Infamous. love that one yeah i watched that for the first time two years ago and it was, I, that was actually a very fun, crazy experience. Like, I remember wanting, so in my house, we, we watch Meet Me in St. Louis for my mom for Christmas. We watch It's a Wonderful Life for my dad for Christmas. And as a little kid, I was really like, I want to have my Christmas thing. So I think it's the season three box set of SpongeBob mm-hmm. uh, where they do a Christmas episode. Not that mm-hmm. they haven't done multiple. And I like sat the whole family down and I was like, this is going to be my we're gonna watch this every year for christmas and this is my thing and uh that lasted one year and that was yeah but i tried i tried to find a new modern classic i mean all like a lot of the classics are like from the 40s and 50s and 60s you know like it's a wonderful life which is which was panned which was like tanked at the box office and i mean isn't the only reason it was got so much play and it's now a classic is because the copyright wasn't renewed on it so stations could play it for free yep and that's the power of television folks um, <laughs> featuring <laughs> drew barrymore's great-grandfather yeah Mr. Potter. and he's really good in it and like you know a charlie brown christmas the my favorite animated special like all those like stop motion like yeah well, those are all old and good and like we the haven't is... done that much since then with the exception of It's a Wonderful Life, like the key is writing, like getting classic Christmas music from the special, whether it's like Mimi in St. Louis, uh, Judy Garland song, whether you have Vince Guaraldi Clang, for Clang. all the peanuts. Yes, Clang Clang. <laughs> Clang, Clang, Clang. Uh-huh. <laughs> seeing, that, seeing that get 
uh, resurfaced recently was really, really. And we're not going to, I can't talk about that much more because that's going to be a spoiler for a future episode coming up next next week two weeks but just know oh, so that you, there will be planned, more clang clang comment there's you planned clang. that episode but this one we just did off the cuff that's okay that's okay <laughs> don't you don't expose me like this fam i'm like really trying okay like this is no but this is this is an episode for all the true fans of the podcast how about that? i'm in like i said at the beginning i'm going to release this episode out of sequence in like five minute chunks and the real <laughs> diehards are going to have to use audacity to piece it in the right <laughs> order and then play it backwards. And it's going to be a special Christmas message. This is our Quibi proof of concept episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Quibi might as well have been like a streaming service where you could like, you had to like beat 2048 or whatever. And then you could watch like Chrissy's Court or whatever was on that. Yeah, Chrissy's Court, which really... It's really okay that that fizzled at the time. Oh, yeah. At least for her, especially, too. Yeah, she, I mean, she, you could argue that she bounced back pretty well because she still got the invite to the Obama's birthday, but. I mean, yeah, but didn't that get canceled? No. Or was that just, oh, it was just, it was, well, no, no, but I know it got pared down. Yeah, it got pared down to like 200 people instead (laughs) of like 2,000. That's my, that's my favorite, uh right-wing family members will be like held that up as the the complete of liberal hypocrisy and I just was like "Mm, okay this is not really the hill I'm dying on is the Obama Nantucket Christmas part or birthday party (laughs) no you sir you certainly can't um you can't die on any hills (laughs) in Nantucket (laughs) it's flat um so no but I get I get what you're saying about like all these movies having iconic moments from them. I would not like, I'm not even sure you can say that Elf has like an iconic moment to it. Because uh, the end is just like generic uplift. Hope you find your dad is one of my favorite lines. Uh, oh yeah. The, the narwhal, but other than that, yeah. See, I mean, that's cute. Really... I would watch a whole movie about the North Pole of it. Like once he goes to like new york and he's like whoa what's glass like it's doesn't it doesn't yeah. it's not fun anymore like and i know it's not fair to compare these it's two a because, five minute shtick that they yeah. turned into a whole movie and you, yeah it's it's not as high concept as like you think it is and like by like dumbing it down and pairing it to like where's my real dad like it's just such a trite narrative. Like another movie that is not a Christmas movie, but does the same kind of shtick way better is Enchanted. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. a great movie with iconic songs and iconic moments and stuff. That isn't necessarily a Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. No, but like but it's, it's also it's that's the why concept it's, done better. That's also why it's better because it's not just like when you make it a Christmas theme and that's the bit you're doing it gets old very quickly but like enchanted at least has some room to play around with and it's not like it has to be a snowball fight or a mall scene yeah so so i think you've hit at something maybe that here and now in 2021 we're talking about this holiday season is there just nothing new left for christmas like what we can't do anything new with it what we're gonna get is the same thing that is starting to get more prominent not that it hasn't been done before, 
but the whole interpolation of older songs that were hits in their time because everybody wants to reinvigorate their catalogs we're gonna get like classic christmas interpolations because nothing i mean this sounds we sound very curmudgeonly of like there's nothing new nobody can create anything but i feel like that's where it's gonna go it's just kind of like okay this is how we're starting to mine previous like significant cultural works we can do the same for christmas because nobody's really doing anything i mean i feel like john legend will continue releasing a Christmas album every year until he dies but other than that there's not much new out there like no yeah I'm trying to think there's no real well who knows Guardians the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas yeah that special. could really could, change could, the game could, re, could reset everything God, I like I don't know it's just it's such an like I'm gonna use important in quotes but like it's such an important holiday that like every piece of culture feels like they have to engage with it and every like cultural figure has to engage with it like Gwen Stefani has a fucking Christmas album she might have three actually at this point <laughs> I'm like who you are not the most Christmassy person I can think yeah. of. you're not even from a state that snows like why are you well, doing it's, all it's... this like it's perfunctory it's just the the money's there for it. I feel like, I mean, Christmas, obviously, the religious significance outside of it, like, has become very culture warry. So, like, yeah. that association is never going to go away. And, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's weird. Obviously, people can have the conversation around, like, oh, the materialism of it all and things like that. But, yeah, it's it's an odd spot. I don't know. Maybe we're just at that point in our lives of like some of the magic of holidays is kind of a way. And you're like more into, oh, you know, the stuff I ordered isn't going to be here on time. Or you're aware of all the work that goes into, you know, planning a quote unquote ideal holiday time. Yeah. But maybe it's also just, I don't know. Um, I want to end on a note of positivity because there are, <laughs> there are things I do like about the holiday. Like I like being with friends and family. Like I love getting a, tr- having a tree and like sitting oh, by the yep. tree. It's very relaxing and like, and not it's to get too thing. materialistic, but like I do like getting gifts and I like giving gifts to my family. Like I do, I find no. that sort of like exchange, like, I mean, That's... yeah, it's like materialistic and like shitty in a lot of ways. And we're playing into like, Acura commercials and like who have you bought a car for without telling I bought a car um <laughs> with a big old bow on it because <laughs> yeah, mind you they you have to get it's not a gift it's not a gift car if you don't get one of those big ribbons that's as big as it's an Acura gotta be, it's got to be huge um, and you have and, to how do my thing is in those commercials like they walk out the Christmas morning and they see the car there what are they doing to like put the car there is that the dealership driving it up in the dead of night is it bringing it home and telling your significant other to not go outside for 24 hours why my child that's santa (laughs) (laughs) um okay i do think we have to move on to our final that's totally fine final segment um let's play tear the community apart I, you know what, let's keep doing it. I think we already started. We've done, We. this has been an especially divisive episode. This is not for the red state listeners. Um, <laughs> the rules of this game, though, are pretty simple. Even when so much of life is not, 
I have picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Easy. Let's do it. So the last time you were here, I picked two songs that were um, mid-2000s yes. alt-rock staples. Thank you. And I believe, which I believe were Mr. Brightside versus Take Me Out. And you picked Mr. Brightside, I believe. Had to do it. Had to do had it. To, had to do it to him. <laughs> well, you're about to do it to him again because I picked two alt-rock classics from the like turn of the 2010s iconic songs very this is a hard choice today so which song is better oxford comma by vampire weekend Ooh. or two weeks by grizzly bear Ooh, i would say the i i think the popular answer for this and also my answer would be oxford comma okay uh i like two weeks i think and maybe maybe my listening just wasn't there, but I think two weeks is probably less well known uh, in terms of the general populace. I don't know. I, I mean, Vampire Weekend, Oxford comma got so much play. Vampire Weekend is also a sneaky band around the holidays because they get a lot of play in commercials. Everyone kind of is a little bit aware of some of their oh, songs. Like yeah. like Holiday, I holiday hadn't even considered that. Yeah, a ton and. They're, they're randomly used. Sometimes they strip the lyrics out, but in car commercials all the time. It's something like, granted, maybe it was like a string for 10 years over there, but I feel like once a year, I'd be like, why is there a Vampire Weekend in this Acura ad? Even, even something I think from Father of the Bride, one of the, one of the uh, instrumentals from it was used in a car commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think like Oxford comma is pretty... I think it's a bit more well-known. I think it's kind of very classic Vampire Weekend. And yeah, Two Weeks is really good as well, but I think the hook for Oxford Comma is a little bit a little bit better. I, I think I have to agree with everything you're saying here. I mean, it's, it's a real nail-biter because like Vampire Weekend, I think is my favorite band. Grizzly Bear is pretty high up there in the conversation. I like Grizzly Bear. I would not say they're my favorite, but that's probably more just on me not taking the time to really like dive as deep into it as I did with Vampire. Plus, that's like old Vampire. That's like Rostam's. Yeah, that's literally their first first yeah. main single, I think. Like was that for, the first main single? For this album, it was the first single off of the self-titled, I'm pretty sure. Maybe yeah. I might be wrong about that. I just he like every time I plug my car or my phone into a car's Bluetooth, a punk comes. Yeah, on. me so too. So for me, that usually if I'm renting a car back home, driving one of my parents, like that gets me to be listen to the album again. It's so good. Like it just hit on hit on hit. Like they're I'm such a homer. I can't like talk about it objectively, oh, I mean, but like they they've never released anything bad. Like Father of the Bride is so fucking good. Like. You're a loser if you don't like Father of the Bride. I'm sorry. So no, like... it's some people. Some people don't like it. I thought it was great. That was the last show I saw before COVID was them playing that at Hollywood Bowl. Uh, yeah, you know they're they're fun. They're nonsense. And I mean Oxford comma is that whole album is just nonsense in a very fun way. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you a higher meaning to that album other than. Oh, I like this. This is a fun, this is a fun group. 
all their stuff has just come out at like such weirdly pivotal transitional moments in my life too like modern vampire yeah like modern vampires we were like you were in your freshman year and I was just about to go into my freshman year I think when modern vampires of the city came out I think that was your freshman in my sophomore sophomore maybe yeah because I that came out the week I had an accounting final and boy I thought I could listen to that while studying and I don't think that was successful no it's a little too um, (laughs) it's a little heady and disorienting but that is like college campus music like they make like yeah they're like jam you know what vampire weekend is like a jam band for they're a main quad they're a buttoned up like white uh, oxford shirt band yeah maybe some maybe some sperry boat shoes to go with it and i like i guess yeah i mean they're definitely more iconic than grizzly bear for sure because like when you think grizzly bear like I don't know if I have like an image in mind. It's probably just the album art yeah, for that album. Is. That's literally all. Cause I mean, for for me, Grizzly Bear is a band that I was more like, okay, I like these individual songs. And so would just kind of seek those out and never really like went too deep into it. Cause I think I went exploring uh, some of their discography and was like, mm, I didn't, I didn't like that. And I didn't give it as much of a chance. Cause I already had, you know, the vampire weekends of the world taking up my time. So yeah, but Two Weeks is probably my favorite song of theirs. Yeah, it's pretty high up there for me, too. And still, like, even if it's not, it's not Oxford comma, but it's, like, for me, I think that's still a 10 out of 10. Like... Oh, yeah. No, it's very, very different. Um, but still... Out of those, like, the 2009-2010, like, big indie releases, like, the three that really hit me are Vampire Week and Self-Titled yeah um the catamist grizzly bear and um teen dream by beach house well i recently so there's been the big 10-year anniversary tours for a lot of the 2011 albums so yeah. like foster the people group love i went to the group love 10-year show and that was a sobering moment of like oh okay you know this is an another I feel like a couple groups that were pretty pivotal you know big albums and now I'm just like oh 10 years doesn't feel like that long but I'm kind of like oh this is a different band they're a lot older I'm a lot older and just going to the show and trying to recreate some of like going during college and stuff I just was like oh this is this is a moment where I feel like I'm gonna probably be seeing these guys in 20 years just like my parents took me to sticks and REO Speedwagon yeah concerts um but that's okay that's no that that is um that is a fascinating thing to think about like I'm gonna take my I'm gonna like bring a baby Bjorn to the Azalea Bank show (laughs) her like 25 year uh anniversary tour of 212 or whatever god that is sobering to think about I I will say I think some of I mean maybe not as much I think some more of the pop that I know you're you're joking there, but I think kids would, I'm assuming censored versions, but I think kids would like jam out to that going to school. What to like two one two? Or oh, no, but like I get what you're saying. Like just there more are... like modern pop is is a bit easier than I mean I don't know who who might. Well, I we're we are into... seeing like the children of today, like 
emulate their parents' music in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, Olivia yeah. Rodrigo is sort of this like unholy amalgamation of like Lord and Taylor, which are not like parent music, but like Avril Lavigne too, Paramore. which absolutely is parent music. Yeah. For like a parent, if your kid was born 2003, like, yeah, and you're in your mid to late 20s or whatever, like, yeah, you're listening to Avril. No, I know. I was thinking about like, realistically, if we were to have kids, like, literally, Mr. Brightside, we know is like the college song, right? Yeah. It's going to just be like a throwback song of like, play this, you know, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be like playing, um, like born in the USA, <laughs> but better. Um, no, it, Mr. Brightside yeah. is better. Oh well, they just did a Springsteen and Killers collab. Yeah, Although it was. Bruce, it was. It was good, but Bruce can't hit it. I mean, he never was. No, he never was a vocal talent. I'll no. say, as somebody from his main target demo of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Delaware, but. You know, he it's it's noticeable to me, at least in that in that particular song he was on, where it was just like, oh, Bruce is like he never really could kind of hit it like super high, but he really they, he didn't even try on this one. He's like, I'm gonna continue talking in a singing in a singing level, but still still does the job for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean he's he he's killing it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he's a living legend. I don't get it, but it's it's not for me to get. <laughs> Okay, and also I can say that I say that, and I just made my like year-end album ranking for Culture Pig. Oh, um, this is going to be controversial. And like, I disagreed to, with you last year. You did. Okay. This year, maybe, but I. It's not a spoiler <laughs> to say that like the War on Drugs made my top twenty-five, and that is this. He makes Springsteen music too. He makes like dad rock for like thirty-two-year-old dads, and I'm like, why is this any different? Than something I like sort of like remove myself from. Okay. I don't know. I'm gay. I don't have to be rational. My life is irrational. <laughs> so whatever. Anyway, um, I do think we have to end the episode, unfortunately. Thank you so That's much okay. for coming on. Once again, no. fan favorite king icon legend. <laughs> I mean Tina Turner, move over. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. I'm sorry, don't don't say that. I don't think you can say that. I can't. Uh, I I can't say that. I <laughs> I might have to cut that out. Um, no, 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 no. Please keep it. Uh, I, can where I can promote? people find you if people want to find you? Uh, people can find me again on my protected Twitter and Instagram account because I am currently searching for new opportunities in life and don't want to uh, have some gritty memes uh, that I like to come up and be the difference maker in any sort of decision that gets made about any sort of application of mine. But you like the you like the sexy gritty memes no, where she was no, like no. with the oh yeah and down in the stairs. In yeah. the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you sent me that one. You said hey this is this is content I crave and I appreciated <laughs> you sending me that <laughs> I know my audience. I know I know I saw it and I was like there's one person on earth who's really gonna <laughs> this is gonna hit tremendously. People, um, yeah, people can find me at I think J O N A S M I T one four. Uh, and you know what? I might check it, I might not. If if you do, or if you are so lucky to uh make it through the barriers, you will see one post every three months from me. Mm -hmm. So 
very exciting stuff. And that could be very elegantly cultural for everyone. It could be. <laughs> um, it could be. Um, but everyone should go follow uh, Culture Pig on both Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and I think Drew even started a parlor account for that. No, but you know what? <laughs> that, it, del- it was already misinformation and then it got deliberate. Um, no, I don't actually, Culture Pig, my Substack, you can find a culturepig.substack.com. You can find me personally at Drew Haskins with Z's on Instagram and at FKA Pigs with the Z on Twitter. Um, and as I stated at the top of the show, cold or crisis twang, crisis twang. Yes. Finally, we have socials for crisis twink which you can find at crisis twink pod on instagram and twitter please follow there are going to be fun little tidbits and maybe some sneak uh sneak peek kind of previews and teasers and extra fan content or whatever oh god are you gonna say that are you gonna start a patreon at some point no Okay. No, I mean, I I don't say this in the main show every very often, but like there is a listener support option in the show notes of this podcast that you can donate a monthly recurring donation to if you would so choose. Um, and I really appreciate the few people who have set up those donations so far. It makes a lot of difference and I appreciate it a lot. Very Christmassy of you. Um, would you say that those donations give you a little extra coin for Duncan? They give me a little extra coin for Dunkin', though. <laughs> I have not been to a Dunkin' Donuts since I left LA, which is really sad to say out loud. But I've um, never been to a Dunkin' Donuts in LA. Oh, yeah, because you'd have to drive out to by where I used to live. That's true. That's you have true. to go basically to Glendale. I've been getting more into ordering Krispy Kreme. Oh, mm-hmm. I had a Krispy Kreme donut today for the first time in two years, maybe. Huge. My God, huge! So I <laughs> a like little treat so, for yourself for finals. They've cornered, such a good job. cornered the market. I do miss like LA is such a good donut, but not that Krispy Kreme is like an LA chain or whatever. But like <laughs> I, no, like I do. Krispy LA Kreme. is like such a good donut city. Like there are so many good little donut places, and I don't know why that is. But I don't know how they stay in business. But yes. I don't either. But they do. Like there's just an appetite for donuts in LA. Um, Chicago is not quite the same there, but like. Um, there's a place well, near my house that's a little, it's a Chicago mini chain called Stans that I really Well, love. everyone, you know, it's its a famous Chicago bagel that everyone looks forward to in Chicago, right? I, I'm, I heard, <laughs> I heard that cough off mic. I heard that cough off mic. Um, no, I, God, I wish there were a Chicago bagel to be had. A Chicago bagel is an eggnog, an eggnog cronut, um. Oh, that's as close to a bagel. (laughs) That's as close to a bagel and schmear as you're going to find in this great city. But it is what it is, and that was what that was. Thank you again (laughs) so much for being here, my sweet little chickadee. And um, until until next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.